Welcome back to Virtual Theater's bonus Patreon Legend of Zelda cartoon episodes. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you on this fine day? I'm doing good. I'm I'm tired and I'm <laughs> pow- I'm powering through, but I'm I'm good. Yeah, I uh, I feel a little bit tired too. And as I was telling you, I have like no reason to feel tired because I had the day off. I woke up. I played <laughs> Breath of the Wild. And I didn't do. And I literally haven't done like anything else other than eat lunch. Well, I love this from Zelda to Zelda. Like, what a transition! Right. And I, I not to jump ahead here, but I noticed a few things yet again in this cartoon episode that oh my uh, god set the precedent. I think we're thinking of the same thing here. Um, I, so yeah, we might. I actually don't. Once we start talking about it, I'll remember what happened in this episode. But right now, I don't remember what the episode is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I gotta, I gotta take that back because I did play Breath of the Wild today. But I also like I watched this about two hours ago, so hopefully, it's still all pretty fresh in my memory here. But uh, let's let's get it going uh, once again before we get started. Thank you to all the patrons listening to this. Uh, we appreciate your guys' support, of course. Uh, you know, help spread the word, and uh, we, you know, we just appreciate you guys. So thank you, and uh, we thank hope that you. you're enjoying the uh, the run of episodes here. Um, that being said, let's get it going. Episode number eight, Underworld Connections, and this was released October twenty seventh, nineteen eighty nine. I don't know why, but every single time that we do an episode like this, I just like can't believe how old these cartoons are. Yeah, and. Yeah, the longevity of the Zelda series. How about it? <laughs> crazy, crazy. From before uh, I was born. Yeah, man, I was uh I had just turned two years old in October twenty seventh, nineteen eighty nine. That we, is that is wild. Do we ever talk I think we've talked about this, but did you did you watch any Zelda the Zelda cartoon when you were younger? Yeah. Like, uh, not well, even live, but you know. Um so I, I mean, like I said, like the last episode, Doppelganger, I always remember that one. It stuck out to me because I remember the two princesses and like Link was trying to kiss the the princess to see which one is which. That mm. one always stuck with me. Right. Um, so I, I do remember watching it as a kid. I definitely watched like the Super Mario cartoon as a kid. I really liked oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I remember having a tape that had like the ringer and probably the second episode, I would assume, on it. And watching just because I loved Zelda. And so I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, I'm not even sure if I knew about more episodes, but I remember, you know, playing that tape over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even yeah, know how I, I came into contact with it. I I didn't love Zelda at the time, like when I was a kid. I, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I, I didn't play Zelda until Ocarina of Time, actually. So I was like... You know, I was ten year, eleven years old by the time I first got into Zelda, and that that was kind of the the turning point for me. I just thought it was a cool show. Yeah, yeah, it, that would have been great if that's what got you into the series. Can you imagine playing a game and you're just like, yeah, I can't wait to see Link like looking for kisses from the princess and stuff like that, and then he doesn't talk, and Ganon isn't like Big Daddy Ganon, and Zelda isn't <laughs> sassy. Can you imagine? I love the idea of a game of him looking for kisses. Oh, <laughs> could we get a could we get a leisure leisure suit link game? 
Oh man, you know, I think I, I think I told you this, and I'm just gonna tell the story anyways. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, but I bought that Leisure Suit Larry game on the Switch, and I, because I was just like, this might be fun, like kind of cheeky, like Phoenix Wright esque style, like fun story. Maybe it is, but like it was so awful, like control wise, the first, I don't know. 10 minutes that I put it down and oh, I yeah. picked it back up since. No, you gotta go back to tradition. You probably just, you should watch a Let's Play of the original or something, you know, just, or not even that, just watch a, like, there's probably some, like, documentary like, YouTube video about it. That's probably what you need to see. I, you know what, speaking of um, documentaries and stuff, have you checked out High Score at all? I have not, no. Pretty cool. I have, I'm only a couple episodes in, but uh, really, really fascinating so far. The first episode is kind of about the the rise of like Atari games and stuff like that, and ends with the big crash. Second episode is kind of how Nintendo resurrected the industry with the NES and like the uh, the Super Nintendo World Tour and stuff like that, or mm. the World Championship or whatever it was. It's it's pretty interesting. A lot of it like was stuff that I knew, but it was it was just cool to see like like it was cool to see like what Jack Kirby's face looked like after reading about it. Oh, for so sure. Long, you know? Yeah, I would yeah, love really to see cool. that because they actually have the resources to get interviews and stuff like that. I love those stories. Like, I always watch the the gaming historian videos and um, yeah. stuff like that. But it, it would be cool. You get the get the accounts of the people. Like, yeah, it sounds awesome. It really it was really cool. You could tell, like, nobody from Nintendo was really willing to talk. I think they had oh, a sure. former... They had Jack Kirby, which was the big draw, and then they had, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but she was the head of PR for, or marketing rather, for a long time. But yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, anyways, let's, nice. uh, let's get, let's get back it. to Zelda here. And I, I actually, I guess before we get into Zelda, we have to get into the Super Mario Bros. show, which uh, had another fine intro and outro that, uh, that came oh, before no. the episode. I didn't know that. I didn't get it this time. Oh, baby, you are... Okay, let me let me set the table here. This is called defective gadgetry. Do you do you that, want to venture a guess what this might be about? That's what you were talking about when you were talking about Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about, man?" Okay, so fucking Super Mario Bros are at their table, and Inspector Gadget shows up, and he's got like he's got the music going. That that theme song is fire. Also, by the way, it's so good. He shows up, and he's like, "Hey, can you fix me up?" And so the plumbers, they end up, uh, I don't know, doing surgery on him. And, like, for some reason, they're watering a doll and they're, like, pulling out fish I'm, out of their... <laughs> I'm watching this scene right now. It's incredible. It, it's incredible. It, like, it's just so awful that it's so good. And, I mean, Inspector Gadget and Super Mario Brothers Super Show, sign me up. Wow. And they, and they got the music... Uh, so this was this is like an official crossover. They must have thought like we'll really sell some toys here. We'll move some units. Yeah, I was a big fan of of Gadget back in the day. Actually, really I liked him. Yeah, I I never had the. Wow, I just saw where he flies away. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get this, but um, yeah, I don't know. I never really watched that show. Uh, and I never watched the movies with Matthew Broderick, so um, I don't have the connection to Inspector Gadget. 
maybe maybe not a big fan. Maybe that's overstating it. But I, if it was on, I would watch it. That theme song always got you hooked. Da 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 da. Inspector Gadget. I mean, that's good stuff right there. And they go da 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 da. da. <laughs> that song does slap very hard. Yeah. You know, there were so many cool gadget toys as well. I had a lot of Inspector Gadget toys. Maybe I was a big fan. Actually, come to think of it, I think I was. <laughs> I definitely remember like toys, uh, just because you always had like the you know, all the cool, like, gimmicks that he had. Um, so anybody listening to this, tell me if you remember this, if you were a big fan of Inspector Gadget. So Dr. Claw was the villain on the show, and his right. gimmick was that you never saw his face. You would always just kind of see him sitting in his chair, stroking his cat. And I remember they released a Dr. Claw toy, and, like, they had, like, this little flimsy Jimsy insert over his face so that you couldn't see his face in the toy. <laughs> and I remember being a kid just like trying to look to the side of it to see what his face looked like. I don't know if I ever got that toy, but I remember that. You're like, I'm going to operate on this figure. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dr. Claw, Gadget here says that the Mario Brothers are working for Dr. Claw. And then that's kind of it. The scene's over. So we'll, we'll never know if, if, in fact, the the bros were in cahoots or not. Or will be at the end of the episode. <laughs> I don't know. See, it seems like um, these are always half completed storylines. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's uh, spoilers. This isn't paid off at the end. <laughs> he, he just says it. And I'm like, damn, that could be kind of cool. Um, what that yeah, would make a sick comic, wouldn't it? Mario Brothers versus Inspector Gadget. Yeah, just like a single issue thing, you know. Dude, if they can do Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into, like, a sick movie and comic, I feel like you can do Mario and Gadget. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Mario Brothers got all the power-ups. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be sick. Imagine Gadget, but, like, with Bowser's clown car. Like, augmentation. Oh, yeah. how, How money is that? Yeah, I could totally see... Oh, you you do roll reversal, so you go... Gadget, it could be like a, a thing like in Batman vs. Superman where like if they actually would talk to each other, they'd be like, oh, we we like each other. We're good guys. Martha, you know, uh, <laughs> but he could like Claw could like recruit the Mario Brothers and they don't realize they're, he's a bad guy or something. And then Bowser could uh, get Gadget to go after the Mario Brothers and he gives them new Bowser <laughs> gadgets. <laughs> Dude, that that would be that would print money. All right, I God. love it. Also, uh, shout out to the new Batman trailer that you just mentioned. No, I kind of mentioned, but uh, it looked pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do. We'll have to do a a bonus ep on all this yes. stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's finally get to Zelda. We got XM number eighteen in the intro here. As <laughs> oh always. yeah. This is a great this is a great opener. This is up there with the openers in this series. So Link is sleepwalking, and when I say sleepwalking, he gets up, oh, he fires incredible. an arrow with a rope, and tightrope walks while he's asleep to Zelda's room. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> uh and, and Zelda I love when Zelda goes, uh she's like, You were just trying to come over and sneak a kiss or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like even even subconsciously, our boys trying to get that kiss. Although, although, let's give credit where credit is due. So Link recovers, and he's just like, whether I'm awake or asleep, you're the girl of my dreams. 
and she's into it. She's down. Damn, playa. Uh, That's yeah. good stuff. This this again highlights um, Zelda in this episode. How like one moment she's like Link could say one nice thing to her, and she's like, "All right, let's do it." But then later she'd be like, "No, you're fucking disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if like if all these events didn't happen to distract the kiss from happening if Zelda's just the type that'd be like oh I changed my mind like last second get out of there you know what I mean yeah yeah because there there's always the fake out it's such a good gag though actually <laughs> I I love it it's, it's so, so basic frustrating. but I, I like yeah. it um okay so a bunch of what are these called vires yes yeah With, I don't remember vires they they you kill them and then they split into keys those guys, yeah. So they're like they're like big fat Batman guys, and then they. Oh, you know what? There's one. Uh, there's one in a uh, in the Turtle Rock in Link's Awakening, right at the entrance there. You know, he just like flies oh, away from yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if uh, the, yeah, those okay. don't split into keys. I don't think, but that's just like the most random vire in all of the series. I there you go. I didn't know that was called a vire. I I don't know what I called that guy. I called him annoying. That's for sure. He's a he's a tough enemy. Yeah, he's just like, yep, oh, you know, get <laughs> hey, I'm out of doing? here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so these vires fly in the window. It fucking it drives me nuts that they keep the Triforce of Wisdom in the top of the tower with like the windows open all the time. Well, how are they going to keep having episodes where <laughs> it's just every like I would say ninety something percent of the episodes are just someone shows up and grabs the Triforce and then they gotta go get it. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh... That's definitely the formula for this episode. So the virus fly in through the open window at the top of the tower and they bomb the Triforce of Wisdom into three small shards. Sick uh, idea, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool, actually. Kind of a cool little, uh, little idea. I like at first um, they're like, well, Vire are too small to carry the Triforce. So we get an idea of its weight. <laughs> and and then they go, oh, no, they got a bomb. They're just going to. I mean, I guess it makes sense. The Triforce is always in pieces. But I love that they're just like, well, you know, it's a it's a great piece of uh, power from the goddesses. And we're just going to blow it into pieces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with that idea. No, yeah, it's great. Uh, it works pretty good too. They get off with two, two of the three pieces, and then maybe the best scene in the episode here: our boy uh, smacks his face against the side of the castle, and his boxers are showing. Oh yeah, straight up uh, undies upside down, right? Now, so let me let me ask your opinion here, Goo. So he says uh, that he's embarrassed or something like that, but I think. That his big nighty t-shirt is more embarrassing than his boxers. What say you? Wow. Um No, I like I like his shirt actually. It looks like uh you know, I imagine Link in his green tunic, and then I would say, What would he wear to bed? And that's about that's it. Like a bigger <laughs> tunic. He he only needs like a kind of the old like uh uh Ebenezer Scrooge like nightcap, you know? Like the little tiny cap that, that like old men in like I don't know, Victorian which, which era. It blows your mind cuz like he wears a cap during the day, but not at night. Yeah, uh, Link this, should have an old tiny nightcap. So, it's so ugly. 
He really? looks like such a dweeb. I like yeah, uh. I like a big t-shirt. I like it. It's cozy. Like, I want to sleep in a big t. I just, I actually can't sleep in a t-shirt at all. I find that it always gets, like, strangled oh. around my neck and stuff like that. Like, when I go to bed, it's, like, t-shirt off. Popped off. No, I gotta have a t. Um... I'm I'm amazed that he has boxers because someone posted a a still from like the first episode where he has the pillow fight with the moblins and you straight up see his ass. So <laughs> it's <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah. Is this yeah, his, before... his boxers look long too. Yeah, he he just loves the baggy clothing. He's not out adventuring. He wants a a nice loose fit. <laughs> I just like. Those boxers are longer than his t-shirt, and I you think. don't see him. However, normally. yeah, you don't see him. It's so a great gag. I was I was kind of expecting to see his ass there when he was hanging on the wall. This would have been hilarious. Is this before or after Zelda like saves him? Uh this is after because she had what she have like the the oh no this was this was before. No, this is after because he fell and she lassoed around or whatever. I did like that. She like, yeah, she swings around and she takes him out. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a sick move. Yeah. Zelda saves Link's butt a bunch of times in this episode, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I love sometimes they make Zelda like helpless and then sometimes she like absolutely kicks ass. <laughs> it's very her character doesn't make much sense, but it was a cool moment. Yep, uh, we got XM number 19 in there, too, when Link oh, was so kind of hung up. Yeah, there, there's a lot of XMs here. We'll get into that in a, in a bit here. <laughs> tell, tell me what you think about this little piece of uh, Zelda lore, that if you if you shoot one shard of the Triforce, the beam will go through the other shards. Actually, that I remembered that from... I because I think I got the DVD of this back when it originally came out back in the day, and I that stuck out to me as something... Interesting, I guess. Um, I I, I, I like, was just like, what? Sure, yeah. I don't know. I like I like the weird Triforce magic lore in in this show. Like it can fly. Zelda can make it fly. Uh, you can blow it into pieces uh, and touch one side and feel what the other side feels like. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the thing the thing talks in rhymes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so. There's a lot of weird, like, because you just have a game where you collect yellow triangles and make a big triangle. And so they really had to come up with, like, more to it. So I, I at least like the the creativity a little bit. Yep, I ain't mad. Uh, they shoot the little laser beams through the shards and then the fires are dead, but the shards are still missing. This is a sick scene, by the way, with Big Daddy Ganon just teleporting mm. around like a madman. He loves to teleport. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching him and I was blinking. Like every time he teleported, I was like, "Oh my god, dude, you're giving me a headache." This is again. It's a masterful voice performance from this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, just great. Um, all right, so I, I love this too. That they had a magic compass. Uh, they being Link and Zelda. Going to find the the shards. I thought that the magic compass was awesome. Has has a magic compass ever shown up in a Zelda game, to your knowledge? Um, I mean, the Link's Awakening compass is pretty magical. It makes that tone whenever there's something in the room. It's got that new feature. 
Okay, I can I can accept that answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, I feel like we just have regular plain Jane compasses, though. You know, I, I want some magic compass. Yeah, I I think that was a cool way to, because you know, what are you gonna do with a show about this game and like a map and compass are a feature? You can either not include it, but it's kind of cool to like include that stuff. You know. Oh yeah. So they had to like they had to like jazz it up a little bit. You know. Well, we are underground, and we get XM number 20 as Link is fighting a bunch of snakes. What are the snakes called again? Ropes. <laughs> they're just called ropes? Yeah, they're called ropes. It's, you know, that's what I thought that they said, but I was like, I don't know if I heard that right, so I'll just ask Gooey and call them snakes for now. Yeah, um, I don't in, know in, what that is about, but that's what they're called. Dude... Link delivers like a pretty decent sweet chin music to one of the ropes while yeah. he's fighting. Did you <laughs> yeah. catch that? Yeah, they they do uh, they do a good job on these guys. They get them all. They get a rope king going. They tie them all up. Like, yeah, Link's throwing uh, throwing Zelda, down. Zelda saves them again. Yeah, Zelda is uh, whooping in this episode. Uh, so we're coming fast and furious with the XMs again. XM twenty one <laughs> when Zelda saves Link and tells him to move his butt. And then XM22 immediately after yeah. the two of them. This was a little bit too much, I think. This, Although, you know, I will say this XM was kind of funny because, like, it sounded different at least. Like, they get to the Black Falls and, like, it, Link has to go diving to get the shard and Zelda pushes him and he's, like, screaming as he's falling. So that was at least kind of funny. Yeah, I, I like... I wouldn't say I like it, but I do sometimes get a kick out of ones where they're presented differently but the the very typical delivery like hearing that even once is getting too much to me yeah there there's about four of them in a row here that uh that come like very very quickly but the fourth one it's just like eh. yeah it's like you know, the gag should be like and i don't even think it would be good then but the gag should be like look at all the funny different ways we can make him say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Too much of a good thing, I think. Um, <laughs> Definitely a good thing. <laughs> anyway, so Link swims down and he grabs the shard, but runs into Aquamantis. Uh, Aquamantis yeah. while he's there. That I was like sick. That little uh, piece of lore. They lives in the water? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Makes sense with his name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Zelda saves his butt again, by the way, with a bomb this time. Yeah. So Link, that, Link goes her three. That was sick, actually. Like, he's, like, struggling to ride it above the water, and she throws the bomb in the water, and it makes this big explosion that takes it out, and he fall, he falls in. It looked cool uh, for what, what it is, you know? Yeah. I was just happy to see Aquamentus. I actually popped when Aquamentus showed up. <laughs> I did not remember that part. I, I thought he was like a water type Charizard for a second. Whoa. <laughs> That'd be pretty badass. That's right? pretty sick, yeah. Uh, there you go. He recovers the piece of the Triforce, though. And now they're in the volcano area. And so the thing about Link fighting the ropes, and now he's fighting a Gibdo, is that uh, whenever he's zapping things with a sword, then Ganon can hear where they are. So Zelda's bitching him out, and here is our last XM, XM23 of the episode. Maybe maybe yeah. next episode, I'm hoping that they retire it for, uh, for save it just for one, how about? 
Yeah, it was a weird... That was kind of a weird um, storyline. It didn't really... It didn't really need to exist either. <laughs> like, are, yeah, the pieces uh, are in the underworld. He's got his minions. Like, he could probably just find it. <laughs> like, not a big deal. I, I want to get back to something that you just said there in a second here. But before we get there, um, they're in the volcano area. And shout out to Link shield surfing over yeah. the flames. Yet, yet another innovation of this show. That is what I was thinking too about the innovation. <laughs> yeah, he even. I literally was just shield surfing down a Hebra mountain in Breath of the Wild this morning. I, I even love. I love when he is doing it, and he just goes like, "Cause there's no reason you would do this," but he's. It's like minutes after he's already been doing it, and he just goes like, "Ha ha, flame surfing!" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, buddy. He's so excited, dude. That's what I would do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If I was if I was surfing on my shield over flames, I'd be pumping my fists, be like, ha ha, flame surfing the entire time. I don't get how this works, like how the flames are holding him up, but that's okay. Um, well, the flames, you see, create a friction between time and space, which <laughs> uh, keeps on going back and forth, and then you get some wind gusts in there to create some synergy. Mm. So the synergy mixes in with the time and space uh, science that we have going on, <laughs> which produces an updraft over the flames. There was definitely some science going on. I, I noticed that. Uh, <laughs> nothing. So this, this like, bugs me. So Link grabs the last shard, and then Ganon shows up, and he's by himself. And I'm like, dude, you're <laughs> in the underworld. This is your house. Why, uh, why don't you have, like, a thousand monsters with you? What, what are you doing? I mean, maybe it takes time to conjure them up from the evil jar, you know? <laughs> what What kind of bothered me was, like, and it was just like, okay... We've been here before, you know, Ganon or a monster has taken the Triforce and brought it to the underworld and they have shown up to get them both there, you know, and then they fight Ganon and they whip his ass. You know, it's I mean, I get that's like most cartoons of this type are, you know, like you watch an episode of Power Rangers and it's the same formula, but like, right. Give me give me some kind of spin on it. They had something going there, but. They didn't fully commit, I don't think. I think that this was Ganon's worst defeat in the show yet, actually. Because he just, like, he shows up by himself. He he looks like an idiot because the Triforce is too hot for him to, to touch. Yeah. And then he just gets, like, zapped, and then he's done. Like, that's it. I think he could have, like... <laughs> yeah, let's let's fix this show. Let's fix it. Um, I think if it's like okay, they're split in two, in two parts of the you know water and fire, I could see a different spin on it where Ganon's like, all right, I've got the perfect uh, monster for each location to try and bring down Link, you know, and right, and so it's like he yeah, it, basically it's like. It's more about like those battles, which just kind of happened. You had the Aquamentis, and then you had kind of a lame fire one. 
but instead it just had to be like we got to find it and then when i find it i'll one-on-one fight you you know it, it made it more formulaic yeah. than it needed to be you know well, the Aquamentis battle was cool, but like the Ganon one just like sucked because he just he just he didn't do anything. He just yeah. literally cackled and then got zapped twice, and then Zelda boomeranged him in the face. <laughs> I did like that where they're like two zaps, Ganon, one more, <laughs> and you're done. And it's like, okay, Ganon's got three lives, I guess. You know what though? I mean, the the Zelda series really does play into the rule of three. You know, like you gotta. You gotta typically sure. stun a boss enemy three times, and then you can beat it on your third go round or whatever. Maybe it started with this. I don't know. Ganon goes, "That's one zap you won't make." <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately gets hit by the he gets boomerang stunned. or whatever. Yeah. God damn it, pal! I can make that. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then uh, th- that's there it. There she be. Uh, oh. There is an important scene actually with Ganon in the evil jar, which is amazing. You know what? Which actually, uh, go ahead. Well, before that, they shield surf right on out of there, and they they go flying, oh, right. and you just see them fly off screen in the lava room, and then all of a sudden they cut to one of the underworld entrances, and uh, they just come flying out of it. Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot about that. Yeah, oh. that was. That was incredible. That reminds me of something we didn't mention is when they they do the Zelda one trick to get to the underworld. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so there's a pond and Zelda gets rid of the water. And they go to the underworld and Link has this classic line of like, no wonder I never catch any fish there. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> cool. It's sort of like the where you play the flute to drain the swamp or whatever um, or a pond or whatever it is. And Zelda uses, like, some magic. I, Zelda in this... Actually, there's so much in this that could just... Actually could be cool, you know? Like, it, it could have been, like, oh, that was a classic, you know, still kind of a cheesy 80s cartoon, but, like, where they could have actually had cool stuff. And one yeah. of it is, like, Zelda has, like, sick magic in this. That feels, like, ahead of its time a little bit. For, I feel for like Zelda, maybe you know? we're on the same page about this, because when I was watching this, I was like, I think that this is the weakest episode of the cartoon yet. Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe it's just the law of diminishing returns where like we've kind of seen it and it's not going to stray much from like what it is. But yeah, I I was just like, man, Ganon sucks in this. And like, like, why is the Triforce still up there? And like, you're applying logic to like an illogical situation. But still, you're just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not expecting much from this. Like, I I just sort of want the gimmick to carry through with Ganon in a way. Like, if he's going to be even be in the episode. Um, like, I think of the one where he had the big, just like, cartoon magnet that pulled stuff in the ground. Uh, and it was like, he he pulled it in with the magnet, and then they had to go down and not just, like, beat him, but also, like, they did the thing where they, like, kick him into the magnet, and it destroys it, you know? Uh, and it felt like, okay, that's, like, the arc, e- even though it's it's weak, it's just, like, a silly cartoon thing. It's, like, it felt complete, you know what I mean? Whereas in like, this, it was just, like, um, Link's wandering around, I hope I can find him, and then, oh, I found him. <laughs> I don't know. It, and then he got beat, like a punk. It should have, the whole, like two split halves should have been like the theme almost of the episode and it could have still been bad and cheesy but it you know it would have been more fun 
So let's talk about the logistics of the evil jar here for a second, because I think that final shot proves a theory that we had where once you go into the evil jar, you're not dead. You're just like regenerated because obviously we know that Ganon's going to get out. Yeah. So I think that anyone, it's kind of like the shrine of resurrection. You're in there, you're recharged. And then when you're, when you're healthy, they spit you back out. Yeah. I wonder what the like respawn time is. <laughs> it's got to be a while for like a big boss, like, like Ganon, you would think, right? Yeah. It's like that much evil in the evil jar would probably <laughs> take a while. How, how is uh, this for an episode, by the way? What if, what if the two shards were lost down there and they're like, we got to find him. And Ganon's like, I got to find him instead of being like, I'll just because that's what he said. He's like, I'll just wait for them to find them and then I'll attack them, which so, you know, from the beginning, it's like, OK, so you'll attack them and you'll get your ass handed to you. But what if instead Ganon's like, I got to go find it before they do. And then it's like them trying to, you know, beat each other or they team up to find it or something, you know? Yeah, that's that's I, a hook. I agree. His like his plan sucked. It was awful. It would be fun to see him like interacting with them more too. You know, just like freaking out while they try to find it. I I would like to see one of those like kind of cheesy ones where like they have to team up for a little bit and then like at the end they you know they they break apart or whatever. But like at least they're kind of working together for a while. I always think it's kind of like a tired trope, but I really like that trope. Yeah, well, I, and tired. this show is nothing but tropes, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it traffics in that. But this episode didn't even have that. It was just like, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> that's not, that's nothing. That's just nothing, you know? It's a bad plan, and he got what he deserved, I think. Yeah, yeah well, what, and, what are we expecting? And there you go. That's the show. Although we do have... A final oh, epilogue here. <laughs> they have the big payoff. So, uh, Inspector Gadget's oil change is done. The Mario Bros have made some augmentations. And uh, Gadget stands up, and now his, his hands are slinkies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> that Dude, these are so awful. Like, they're funny. But, like, they're just awful. Yeah, I would love to. We got to watch some more of these someday. Just the, the plain Jane Marios. I always think it's funny how like disgruntled Luigi always looks. I He kind of he looks like a psychopath a little bit. <laughs> I do like this portrayal of Luigi. Yeah, <laughs> there's I love the, uh, the many shades of Luigi we've gotten over the years. And this is one of the <laughs> one of the great ones. Yeah, this is hard as fuck, Luigi. Who's like <laughs> gonna pull a shotgun out of his out of his bag of tricks? This is the Luigi that became the sniper Luigi, you know. Yeah, this is the Luigi that mean mugs you in Mario Kart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, there it is. That's all she wrote for uh, for episode number eight, Underworld Connections. And this is this is the last of the second disc. I'm going into the third disc, so we're almost done. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we'll watch something after this, and it'll be fun. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, well, again, everyone, uh, thank you for checking out Virtual Theater on uh, Patreon. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you guys are digging these episodes. And, uh, you know, uh, enjoy, and let us know what you think over in the uh, the Patreon channel, over on Discord. Until next time, we will be back with uh, with episode 
Number nine, stinging a stinger. <laughs> 